front of their creator and was given either for eternity, heaven or hell. This is why this message is so important today. So I hope that today, like that, once again, you just have an open heart. Can we, can we start with some prayer? God, we don't even know what to say about the craziness and the darkness that is in this world. The one thing I do know, God, is that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the light in the darkness. So God, I pray in those dark, dark places right now that your Holy Spirit would fill it. God, I pray for the church to rise up in El Paso and in Dayton, Ohio. God, I pray for your light to shine so bright. We pray for every family, every community member that is deeply affected by this. God, would you be their rest and their comfort during this time? Give them words to speak during the hard times. And God, I pray that in this moment right now, we have open ears to you, open hearts to you as well, God. And I ask, Lord, that you would use me to speak your word. May we, may we experience you in a, in a real way today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to ask you this question to think about as we start today's teaching. At what cost? At what cost? My daughter, Nora, is 11 years old and has taken a liking to volleyball. She really loves volleyball. And um, part of the reason why I think she likes volleyball instead of softball is she plays softball as well. But just the other day, we were out, out in the backyard throwing a softball. And um, we were just playing toss. And, and uh, very first throw I throw to her, boom, cracks her right in the forehead. And you could see the stitches from the softball in her forehead. I think that's a little bit why she likes Volleyball, it's a little bit softer of ball, um, but she has just taken a huge, huge liking to volleyball. And so, as a parent, in a world that we live in today, you are then filled with all kinds of questions. You are filled with questions of, okay, she likes volleyball, so now what are we going to do? We're going to get her involved, and so we're going we're gonna to get her involved. So we got her, we've, we've now got her involved in DVC, which is Defiance Volleyball Club, so she is now involved in club volleyball. Part of the reason why is because we want her to be around the talent that is at DVC, and so it will help her to get better. So she does that, which costs quite a bit of money for us. It's, you know, it's a cost that, you know, probably around thousands of dollars that we have spent through the years for her to play club volleyball, because that, that includes travel, food, lodging, you know, we have to rent a hotel room, anything like that that may come, that may come up. And then you also have things like she's done camps, because we want her to do camps, because we want her to continue to get better at what she does, so she has done camps as well. And then after camps, we also have, um, we had an opportunity where I talked to a guy who is um, coaching, I believe, at Defiance this year for volleyball, and he was telling me about one-on-one -on -one practice, our one-on-one -on -one lessons. And so we were like, you know what, let's do this too. And then, so I'm thinking of all these things that we have, we have given so much for Nora to be involved in volleyball and to hopefully get better at volleyball. And then we have also sacrificed a lot of time to send her to practices, you know, sacrificed a lot of family time to, to go to tournaments and to matches and just different things. We've spent a lot of money for that. But that is something that will last maybe eight more years. And then it will be done. And then we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be sitting back with a lot of memories. But at what cost are we willing to go to? 
we we're all faced with the same question as parents and as grandparents and all that stuff. We're faced with the same question. At, at what cost are we going to go to for our kids to maybe get exposure and to, you know, like that, there's a, maybe a small chance that she would possibly get, you know, go to college for volleyball, but it's probably pretty slim. And so we have all these different questions that arise, and it's like, at what cost are we going to go to? And we will bend, and we will break, and we will go into debt to make sure our kids have the sports, have the hobbies, have all the exposure they could ever want to this sport. But at what cost are we going to give our kids the gospel? What cost are we going to go to to make sure our kids know who Jesus Christ is? Look at this scripture in Mark 8. Mark 8, Jesus asked the disciples this question. Is anything worth more than your soul? I have to ask us this, this same question today. Is anything worth more than your soul? Is volleyball worth more than your soul? Is, is volleyball worth more than your kid's soul? Is anything worth more than your kids, your family? The people you love and you care for, your friends, is anything worth more than their soul? Or do you, does your heart beat and, and just hurt so bad that your people that you know don't know Jesus Christ? Our hearts. There is nothing that is worth more than a person's soul. But here's the thing that we know about a person's soul, is that a person's soul can also spend eternity in hell. It's true, it's what Scripture says. This is what Scripture says in Romans 3.23. It says, for, the, for everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And since we all fall short, and since we have all sinned, we are all separated from God. And since we're separated from God, that means that eternity, like that, yesterday for 29 people now, they're standing in front of God, and their eternity is at stake. And so is anything worth more than their soul? And the answer is No. Nothing is worth more than their soul. I have, I, and as I've been praying about this and seeking God, it just really broke my heart and really convicted me. We have spent so much money to make sure Nora has this exposure to volleyball. But the amount of money that we have put into our relationship with God fails in comparison. Just simply fails in comparison. Now we spend time with her and we pray and we talk about the word and we talk about God. But I hope that she doesn't see volleyball as more important than God is. That she doesn't wake up, that she doesn't, you know, by the time she leaves the house, say, man, my parents really made sure I did good at volleyball. I want my daughter to say, no, he made sure that I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, and mind. That's what I want. And I think that's the case for every parent in this room, every grandparent in this room, is that we want this same thing. We want this same thing to have this heart. And look, there, like that, there is nothing that is worth more than a person's soul. So we have to make sure that every soul knows about the good news of Jesus Christ. It has to, it's not going to come from anyone else. It's going to come from us, the church, telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. So where, what have you, at what cost? At what cost, church, are we going to go to to make sure that every single soul knows about the love of Jesus Christ? At what cost? So I was... Pastor Andy told me I was going to be sharing today. I was given basically the whole book of Romans to kind of go through. And that was a little bit like, wow, thanks. That's a lot to go through. And, but, I, but he just said pick one section. So I, I read this, read through Romans a couple times, and I stopped at this, this section. Romans 9 is where we're going to start today. Romans 9, verse 1. And this rocked me to my core. 
but like that. We have, we have at cost, we have sacrificed so much to make sure our kids, to make sure our families have everything they could ever want. But at what cost are we going to make sure our kids and our families and the people we love and we care about know Jesus Christ? So this is, this is Paul speaking here. And these words are just amazing. They, they have, they, like that, it rocked me. So I'm going to read it. It's um, Romans 9, verse 1. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted family. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Did we catch it there in, in verse 3? Did we, did we see it? Go back to verse 3 for me. This is, he, he says how much his heart is hurting and how much this is bothering that his, that his Jewish brothers and sisters don't know Christ. And at what cost is he willing to go to? He says, I will be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. And I read this scripture, and I was like, I'll be honest. There's only three, four people. There's only four people in my life that I'd be willing to spend eternity in hell for. It's my wife and my three girls. Sorry, none of you made that list. Truth. But I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I couldn't believe this, that Paul has this kind of heart where he says, I would be willing to spend eternity in hell. How unselfish of a person to say, I will take eternity forever if that meant the Jews being saved. Now, a little bit of history here, just for you. Paul, in his relationship with the Jews, he, he was a Jew, but he didn't have a very good relationship with Jew. Here's why. Because Paul was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, saying you can only be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. It is only by the name of Jesus that somebody could be saved. So this is the message that Paul is preaching. The Jews are saying, no, you follow the law, and as you follow that law, that's where you receive salvation. And Paul is saying, no, it's by Jesus Christ. They're saying, no, it's by the law. And so as you can imagine, there are some differences here, and there's some friction, which causes some, probably some enemies. And so Paul is saying, not just for the people he really, really loves, not for the people that it's really, really easy. He says, my Jewish brothers and sisters, every single one of them, I would be willing to be cut off from Christ, cursed forever, if that meant their salvation. So what cost, church? At what cost are we going to go to to make sure the city of defiance, that the people we know, the people we love and we care for, are going to know the name of Jesus Christ? How far are we going to go? And... and like that, you might be sitting in this room and saying, there's only three or four people. Well, that needs to change. Because as I was praying and as I was asking God, it's like, God, do I have to have this kind of heart? Like, can I just love my daughter and my wife and my daughters and my wife and that's it? Like, I'll be good? No. This is like, God's called so much more. God's called us all for so much more. So, 
Does, does, do we have to have this heart? Yes. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you need to have this heart. You need to have a heart like Paul that says, I'm willing to be separated from Christ. That meant my people's salvation. I mean, we all said God is good, right? We all, we all believe God is good, right? I, let, let me ask you this question. Anybody in the room, anybody want to anybody go to heaven when they die? Yeah, anybody? I mean, you're trying to live your life the right way so that you make sure you're going to heaven? Well, I, I don't know if you remember this scripture in Matthew 22, verse 39, but this is the part where Jesus is asked by the Pharisees, basically, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But then a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. You want yourself to go to heaven? You better love everybody else and want them to go to heaven right along with you. This is, God help us, man. I, I want to, I, like, this is how selfish I am. I want to spend eternity in heaven forever, but at what cost am I going to go like that to make sure not just my people that I really, really love and care about, that even my enemies are going to know about the good news of Jesus Christ. And I hope and I pray that my heart says, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows, that, I, that I'm willing to sacrifice it all. You know, one of my favorite parts of the summer that I, that I experienced this summer was we did this program called BIT with the teenagers, and BIT was basic individual training. It was an opportunity for kids to grow closer in their relationship with God as well as see where God is sending them and how God is going to use them. And one of the girls, uh, we, were at, we were at this night, we were at a prayer, we were at the prayer room downtown Defiance, and we were praying and just asking kids to see God and listen for God and we got done, and we were talking just as a group, and asked this question, kind of just asked the question, maybe, what is God teaching you right now? What is God speaking to you? All these different things. And, one of, and a couple of students said this. They said, I just want people to see Jesus. Is that your heart, church? Like, this teenager said, I just want people to know Jesus. I just want people to see Jesus. And is that the same thing for you? If you follow Jesus, you should be saying, yes, I want people to see Jesus. Look, I don't want people to see Sean. Please don't see me today. Please don't see what God has given me a gift. Don't see me. Please see Jesus and understand that this is all because I want people to know Jesus Christ. So please don't see me in, in my gifting that God has given me. I pray and hope to God that today what you see is Jesus Christ and that you see he loves and he cares for you. So, as I said, we have been given this, yes, we have to have a heart like this. And this is a, per like, Paul is a perfect example of Jesus. You want to know why? Because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice to you. He went to hell for you. He died on the cross for you, paid this price of your sins, died on the, cro like that, died on the cross for you. But he is so powerful and so good that he rose again and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. So, let's, let's take a test, okay? Let's take a test. Now, here's the test. You, you, there's an opportunity you might fail it, but guess what? Nobody's going to know, okay? Nobody's going to know that you're going to fail it, besides maybe yourself. But I want you just to, uh, like, look at your, No, don't look at your neighbor, because that could be really awkward, okay? Like, don't look at your neighbor and, like, get googly-eyed. You're not going to, like, this isn't like a kiss your bride moment, anything like that, okay? Um, 
Think about your neighbor for a minute, sitting right next to you. At what cost are you willing to go to to make sure they know Jesus Christ? Are you willing to sacrifice your eternity for them? Okay. How about the people in your row? You willing to sacrifice eternity for them? How about the people in this room? You willing to sacrifice eternity for them? Okay, we, we've done the church now. But this isn't who God has just called us to love. What about the people outside this room? What about the people you're going to see when you leave the church today and you go to the restaurant? What about the server? One last thing. Every Sunday morning, I don't know if you ever noticed this in the bulletins, there's this number here. 31,107. It's the number of unchurched people that don't know, that are unchurched, that, that don't have a church, so they don't know Jesus Christ, or they haven't maybe given their life to Jesus. Are we willing to sacrifice eternity for 31,107 people? As I said, I was unfortunately just like you. I couldn't say yes. Couldn't say yes, and it kills me inside. I want to have a heart like Jesus does. I want people to see Jesus because he's changed my life. And we sing praises and we lift our hands in worship and we say, yes, God has changed me. But at what cost are we going to say, I want to make sure my kids know Jesus. I want to make sure my parents do, my sister, my brother-in-law, your grandkids. At what cost are you going to say, I want, to know, I want them to know the saving grace of my Jesus. They deserve it. They deserve a heart like Paul. And look, the world's going to look at you crazy, but you're already a little crazy. You're living in Defiance, Ohio. But we really, really, really got to ask God for this heart. So I'm just going to give you three things, church, three things that we need to do going forward. Uh, we're, it's crazy we're going into this series on prayer. And the three things that God gave me are just on prayer. Because I think prayer is the place where God changes us. And so we're going to pray. The first thing I want us to do as a church if you say, Sean, I want a heart like this, I want you to do these three things. First thing, I want you to pray for God to give you a heart like Paul's. Once again, this is never going to come from your selfish heart. Please understand that. Same for me. It's never going to come from Sean's heart. I am way too selfish of a person. And I've been asking God for the past week as I've been preparing for this message, God, give me a heart like Paul. I didn't, let me, let me tell you this. I didn't read this scripture. I read this scripture, I think, on Monday of this week. And I didn't wake up on Tuesday and, and go, my heart's changed. I didn't wake up and everything was different. I didn't all of a sudden just like look at all of you differently. Sorry. Once again. But we have to every day wake up and say, God, give me a heart that breaks like Paul's does for the city of defiance, for my family, for my kids, that they can come to know your saving grace. God, give me a heart like that. And 
God, forget, God forbid if we spend a few minutes maybe on our knees just asking for God for a heart like that. Man, how the church could look way different. Well, so that's the first thing. First thing we're going to do like that, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God for a heart that is like his. The second thing we're going to do, church, is we are going to pray for eyes to see. Because here's the thing. Every single person gets caught in the same exact thing. We get caught in our day-to-day routine, and we completely miss out on opportunities that God has put right in front of us because we become, become ultra-focused on one little thing on our job that, that maybe we have been told to do for the day. And so we become ultra-focused on that one thing, and we miss out on the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. We do. I've been there. You know, you know you've been there where you're too busy. You're like, oh, I got to go. I got to go. I got to get to my place. I'm... I was supposed to be there two minutes ago, and I got to run. I got I to gotta get there fast. But over here is a hurting person who needs Jesus. At what cost? Is anything worth more than their soul? Is it possible that losing your job might be worth more than their soul? Getting a point because you were a few minutes late is worth more than their soul? So pray. Church, we have to pray for eyes that see. We could all be like the people in the story of the Good Samaritan when we walk right by the people who are hurting and we walk by our family and time rolls by and we go, where did it all go? And then we missed our opportunity to to present the gospel. We have to turn our focus and our eyes onto what God has called us to turn our eyes to. And then the last thing is this. We need to pray for boldness when the opportunity arises to share the gospel. I am in no way, shape, or form proud of this moment. But um, a couple weeks ago, we were at a youth event, and um, we we were hanging out, and I had noticed on this girl's wrist that she had some cuts. And I just felt God tugging at my heart saying, Sean, you just need to share the gospel with her. I didn't. Oh, man, it makes me so mad. Because I could have missed my one time that God said, put that person in my life to share the gospel with them. Because I was too worried, not about what she thought of me, but I was worried about everybody else that was around, the team, the other teens that were around. They think, oh, this crazy youth pastor, Sean, again, telling people about Jesus. So I didn't do it. It's hard as a pastor to sit up here and say, I missed my opportunity. We got to pray for boldness when, a, when an opportunity arises to, to say yes to the call that God has given us. There, like that, there are 29 people who, for all we know, could spend eternity in hell now because they didn't know Jesus Christ. But there could have been millions of opportunities where the gospel could have been presented to them and nobody ever shared. And I'd hate to be standing up in heaven one day 
and look down at hell and see all the people I could have ministered to, but I was too selfish to say yes. Romans 1.16 says this, For I'm not ashamed of this, God, this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Please, church, let's not be ashamed. Imagine what our churches would look like if we had a heart like Paul who just loved the city of defiance with such a passion that we said, I'm willing to spend eternity cut off from Christ if that meant their salvation. Don't go to crazy lengths, church, to, to make sure your kids are good at sports. Make sure you go to great lengths to make sure your kids know Jesus Christ. Please. I want to leave us with this scripture today. Romans 10, 13 through 15. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Church, let's change the world. Let's change the world. Let's have a heart like Paul. Let's have a heart like Jesus and just want people to see Jesus. God, I thank you for today. I pray your word penetrates hearts today. Give us a heart for your people. In Jesus' name, amen.